0: filters for masks who were told not to advise their co-workers if they had tested positive for covid 19 and all of whom cannot afford to stay home because there's no paid sick being provided and no affordable health care is a condition of that job i think it's a time for reckoning in this nation we have to decide to choose between the status quo where we write the rules in favor of corporations or where we deal with the pain and inequality that has existed and made worse by COVID-19 and make structural change for working people to be able to have a seat at the table and bargain a better life.
1: Not all employers are big companies or are, or corporations or have big business lobbies. Half this country is employed by small businesses. What do you make of the argument that many small businesses say they simply cannot reopen if they're going to face a wave of litigation? We do know that there are a group of litigators, a big group, that are sort of circling the drain waiting
0: here. How do you, how, how you square this for small businesses out there? I think about the 30 million workers unemployed, the 64 million who earn less than $15 an hour and have never had paid sick or health care as a condition of work. And I think it's time for small business, working people, and our government to join together to make sure that we hold corporations accountable. And we think that happens by more workers being able to join unions and have structural change that allows us to bargain a better life. I
1: want to read for you something that stuck out to me from a public health professor at George Washington University. He writes this. What is important about this pandemic is that it has shined a spotlight on workers who have always been essential, but before were invisible. How do we use this dire situation to finally
0: right what has been wrong for so long? Well, and you've heard from essential workers who now see themselves as sacrificial, not essential, because they aren't getting what they need to protect themselves, their families, and their co-workers. And that's why we think working people have to be able to join together in unions and bargain health care across sectors. Imagine if all healthcare workers were in unions and were able to do what our unionized healthcare workers have done to get not just hazard pay, but reimbursement for childcare, reimbursement for temporary housing. That's what's happening in unionized companies, and that's what should be happening all across the economy for servicing care workers everywhere. So what is it like for workers
1: right now who their businesses are reopening, they have to go back to work or they won't get unemployment, and they've got kids who are home while school is closed. What does their real
0: life situation look like? they're putting their lives on the line every day Um, it's an increasingly dangerous situation because the president's refused to do his job and use the defense production act to provide the personal protective equipment that every essential worker needs we have nursing home workers that are being in uh, have gowns in trash bags and then um, fast food workers being told to use masks that are coffee filters we can do better. Um, those workers who are returning, being forced to return to work have to be able to have the protective equipment they need.
1: Why would the Defense Production Act be used for meat, which we don't necessarily need, and not be
0: used completely to make sure everyone has protective equipment? That's exactly the question on every frontline worker's mind why can't this government do right by us and why can't corporations step up and do their part like essential workers are doing every day who want to do their very best job in delivering food in caring for the sick we, we just need what we, we need protective equipment in order to live a better life
2: Good morning you guys. Um <laughs> Hi, what y'all doing? This is Dr. D coming to you in the Wee Wee hours. And I'm telling you, it's just so frustrating to the point where um when you can see wrong happening right before your face and and you can see other people just nonchalant but they really don't understand the full um vintage point of this whole pandemic that's happening and the corporations um, it's a it's it's how can I put it? Um one one statement like she said, the litigations. It's like you receive emails, you receive notes, um they can delay a waive um, late fees, but you're still responsible to pay your rent. Or in business, such as myself, they want me to stay. You want me to stay in a building to pay you rent when I'm not making money. But if I'm breaking, if I if I'm not able to make the rent, okay. Now you're going to try to bring me a court for two months that's just less because I'm only two months away from not renewing the lease. And so I said, well, just go ahead and waive it. You can write that off and then make a big thing about it. And these corporations, they don't understand. Um, I kind of know what you can do and what you can't do. And I know for a fact in the CARES Act at the end of this year these um, buildings that they're leasing out to these small businesses that's making their money, they want to file a lawsuit uh, against you because you didn't pay your rent that month, but yet they're going to go back and write it off, get a tax credit. Okay, they're still going to fare well. On the other hand, such as myself and other small businesses, self-employed, independent contractors, we're going to suffer because as of now, I've recorded it. I've made a copy of it. As of now, I still were not able to um, apply for the unemployment since March. Okay? I still um, waited on uh, a, a deposit for the PPL loan for the small business or the emer the economic emergency disaster loan um for um uh, wait let me rewind the PPL loan for the nonprofit and the EIDL for my consulting business. Now with that said if I didn't still have clients and doing work now and just getting paid and saving those funds I don't know where would I be, you guys. That's why I say you, you have to, like, have something already in the making. Because if you depend on the government for any source of resources, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You, 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 you This is not a time to wait. You have to trust in, in God and revamp yourself and... It's horrible how they're just throwing numbers out here, they're throwing money out here to the corporation to survive. But it's not happening. It's not trickling down for what it was called for. I felt that if that CAS Act was for the it was created for the small businesses, meaning independent contractors and self employed, we should have went first. Then the major corporations, right? They already bailed out the airlines and the hotels, and they already have that money on the side for them. But the CARES Act, from what I read, it was supposed to have been for small businesses, self-employed, independent contractors. Well, at the end of the day, we didn't even get touched by it. On one of mine, it asked me to reapply again. Then it asked for more information. Okay, as a self-employed person, with just you as an employee or probably one other person, right? Well, you got to deal with two sets of bills. The business expenses and your personal expenses. So that money you stretch in. You really divide it in half and paying yourself so you can take care of your personal bills and your business expenses. And with business expenses, it's a lot of paperwork. You're going to spend almost about $3,000 just to maintain with licenses, expenses, insurance, you know, overhead. It's just, wow, it's a lot, you guys. Uh, so that's my little rant on that and I'm watching it and I'm not staying too in tune with it because it really teased me off how the American people, the working people, such as myself and you, all over the world is just being overlooked. Uh, they think that our intelligence... It is so foggy that we can't see what they're doing. We see what you're doing. You're robbing the money from the people. You are mass murdering people in the house in the White House administration. You're not caring for the little man. Um, you guys, your bills are being paid for. You are getting your salary. You're being taken care of, uh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Senator. Miss, Miss, Mr. Representative, Congressman, you know, Congresswoman, all of you guys that's in part of the government, yeah, you're speaking up for us, but guess what? You're not feeling the suffering. You're not feeling the pain. You have your free health care. You know, you have your inside clout. If something happened to you, automatically a doctor can come to you You know, you don't care. You act like you care, but you don't care. It's all numbers. It's all political. You don't care about folks because you're giving them a box of damn food because you're giving them what? Some, some, some germicide, hand sanitizer, socks and shoes. You don't care about people. You don't care about people. All these nonprofit organizations have a mission. If you really care about people, you'll grant these nonprofits these buildings that's available and go ahead and let the people take care of the people and you fund that. Let's release some of that money to the nonprofit organizations, the people that do have visions, the people who do care about the people, the people who are really in the community that see what's really going on without all this paperwork, paperwork after paperwork after paperwork after paperwork, after paperwork. and I've teed though, because I got all my paperwork, and all only thing you can send me an email, pending, 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 All my stuff in order. You can go on IRS. All my stuff in order. So what's the problem of rejecting me? What is the problem? Oh, I could tell you what's the problem. Cause I'm a I'm a black woman that's gonna empower other black individuals and minorities, especially our community, to empower themselves to be economical, sustainable and self-sufficient where we don't have to lean on the government and we can go back and duplicate and help somebody else in the community to empower them oh i know what the problem is oh no we can't give her that building oh no because she's gonna give people jobs and she's gonna teach and train people to be self-sufficient and then they're gonna go and duplicate what she's teaching and then they're gonna duplicate oh no we can't do that we got to keep our foot on that community. We got to keep our foot on that community. No, we can't allow that nonprofits. Oh no, we can't. We can't allow that senior citizens. Now nah, we need their social security. So let's just go ahead and let COVID nineteen wipe them out. Yeah, we gonna act like we care about the american people but we really don't because see we're looking at the numbers behind the scene and we got to get rid of some of these folks they're not dying as fast as we want so we're going to help them out let's go ahead and release this germ that we don't know nothing about no we normally have a vaccine but this here we're going to go ahead we can we can control it and now y'all it's out of control Because what they're not sharing with the American people in the public that this COVID-19 is mutating. I have documentations, you guys, for me going to the doctor. Didn't have a chance to see the doctor, but I pulled up my records that all the symptoms that they say this COVID-19 had, I had it in 2017. I had it in 2018. Last year in 2019, my daughter was in the hospital twice on her dying bed that she couldn't breathe. It attacked her lungs. They had to give her oxygen, respiratory, one of the ventilators on one time. Come on, people. So, yeah, I am highly, highly, highly on a whole nother rant, a whole nother level with this whole political thing that is happening and it's a doggone shame what we've seen here mass murder in the highest you talk about Rwanda being genocized the american people are being genocized and being robbed right in front of our our face and this unemployment is a joke Almost a million people still haven't had an opportunity to even file to get through. I thought I got through one time and they only taking new cases. New cases meaning people that ain't never applied for unemployment. Okay, so what about me? I strive to, to work, went back to work, and got sick. So now I got to wait in line. you want gonna deal with new cases. This is a new case underneath COVID nineteen. So where that leads me, I have no income coming in. It wasn't for my small business that I can work from home. That now I gotta transition and and get software and 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 buy other equipment to be able to really effectively run my business now. Um internet wise meet my clients on zoom yeah it's free but now I have to expand my bandwidth with my uh, Xfinity and now they want to charge you a hundred two hundred dollars just to get more bandwidth you guys I just don't understand well I do understand I'm going to take that back I do understand. I understand that the father said, daughter, it's gonna get worse than before it get better. And I'm just saying all this, you know what, God is really taking care of me. But my heart goes out to the people who are really, really struggling, especially my age you got fifty two fifty three fifty four fifty five years old individuals that are single that really don't have what other individuals have then lost their jobs because they had to stay home. Some of them were grandmothers and grandfathers watching children, so they were forced to stay home because the daycare is closed the schools are closed how How can a parent or a grandparent deal with? themselves, like they said, because they get Social Security. Social Security ain't gonna feed them children. You know, the children get eat. Them children get restless. And it just, it just behooves me even on the news. Well, we're gonna show you how to eliminate a high electric bill. And we're gonna show you how to cook for today or whatever. You talking to you ain't talking to a black family. Who y'all talking to on this news? You surely ain't talking to the black community, the Latino community. That don't have nothing to do with us, and they know that, and they know that y'all, and they know this. Well. When I do come on, I'm gonna come on with a ranch, y'all. So, this is Dr. D coming to you live. Pray that you open your minds. Don't be blind. Don't be deceived. But let God in. Let the tr- Excuse me. Let the Trinity come in and open up your mind. Open up your heart. So you can really, really get a brand new start. You can really, really see what's going on behind closed doors. So you can structure yourself and have a strategy to take care of your family without depending on this government. Because guess what? The government ain't here for us. Never was, never will be. And as you see now, they never want it. They never want it. They act like if they don't want it. And they're making sure that we never get it. You have to trust in the Lord to get it, y'all. And I'm trusting in God like never before. If God is on your side, how can you be denied? If God is with you, who could be against you? Dr. D just sharing with you guys, I know what's happening behind the scenes. And if more y'all wake up and send letters to your representative and voice your opinion. Don't be so excited, you know, and talking about oh, we want to reopen. Okay, reopen like the lady say. Okay, once you reopen, guess what litigation is going to start? Because they want their past rent. They want their rent now. And we were just on that breaking point. If they would have stayed closed to April 30th, guess what? They would have had at least six months free rent across the border for everyone. They knew what they was doing. Now it's a backlash and a struggle for the for the for the, the workers that's under uh, below middle class workers, hourly workers, independent contractors, self employed workers. If you don't have nothing in motion already, you are you're you, are, you are already you, you drown it. You drown it if you don't have that that fallback, that contingency plan, that financial contingency plan, A, B, and C to fall back on. If I didn't have my own business, my bookkeeping in my consultation and just doing that I'll be in a world of trouble again but at least I'm in the water y'all, but at least I got a a a, a float a floater you see what I'm saying and my heart goes out because when I click you know blink my eyes and click my heels, and really look at the natural, the reality of it all. Like somebody said, well, I'm a realist. Yeah, I'm a realist too. And if it wasn't for God on my side giving me strategy to how to do this here, as a realist, I'll be up a creek. I'll be drowning without. I'll be probably, I'll, you know what? That just cut the shape. I'll be dead and broke. Homeless with nothing. I would have lost everything. Business, ministry, storage, everything. If I did not have God on my side, I'd be washed up. Period. Ain't no help coming. Yeah, people call. I love those that's calling, checking on me. But the real I, I just, what's the real deal here? Can the real church stand up? Where is the real pastors? I want to get my car so bad because I want to go and knock on doors. Are you okay? Do you need help? Do you need to go to the store? You know how many people there who don't have transportation? Who don't have the access to call to get groceries or food delivered to them? Everybody can't roll up in a line to go pick up a box of food because you don't have a vehicle. You see what I'm saying? What about those individuals? What about the senior citizens in the neighborhood that can't get out and get tested? I wouldn't want them to get tested anyway because I feel like then they'll, they'll put a mark on them to make sure they be the first one to die. Well, let me get off of here, because I know y'all say, ooh, when Dr. D do, come on, boy, she be, I just want y'all to wake up. Wake up. Wake up, y'all. Wake up. Wake up. I will say something like Sam L. Jackson say, well, I don't want to get that vulgar, because that's where I'm at right now. Everybody's still trying to do their thing. Everybody's still trying to do their little thing. Everybody's still trying to do their little thing. Everybody's still trying to have conventions and workshops and all this other. We're going to get together. We're going to do this here. Don't forget, you got to send your $500 and, and, and your Bayou and everything for our convention. We're still going to have our convention. We're still going to do this here. No, I don't have it. We can't do it without it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Period. Peace. Dr. D is out.
3: It's also believed to be safe. But experts point out it's still experimental and vaccines normally take years to develop. We don't yet have a licensed vaccine uh, for RNA or DNA vaccines because in the past they've worked very well in laboratory animals, but those immune responses have not translated into human immune good in human immune responses. Worldwide, there are now roughly 100 vaccine candidates under review. Researchers at Pfizer believe this genetic code vaccine could be available as
0: soon as September. It is probably the fastest way of having a vaccine available to stem this pandemic. Are you more optimistic about
3: this type of vaccine compared to a typical vaccine that we've seen in the past?
4: I am optimistic, but the data will speak for themselves, Tom. Uh, This is the nice thing about science. You don't have to have faith or belief. The the answer will come from
3: uh, the investigations that we do. Melissa Honkinen, a yoga instructor, went home
0: hours after receiving the first
3: shot on Monday. How are you feeling?
0: I feel
5: fine. My arm's just a little sore. I don't have any headaches. I feel like myself.
3: Importantly, Pfizer is not the only company involved in this. Uh, Moderna, Inovio, and CanSino are also involved in trying to come up with a genetically modified vaccine. Importantly, it's never worked before. This is cutting-edge 21st century technology. But Pfizer believes it could have a vaccine within four months. Francis. Well, thank you. Tell Costello, for that. President Trump is pushing to reopen the country this morning, even while acknowledging that it'll inevitably cost more Americans their lives. During an interview with ABC News, he said there will be more death as more states lift stay-at-home orders. Our Capitol Hill correspondent Tracy Poster is now with the latest. Tracy, the president argues that not reopening businesses could also cost
0: lives. Yeah, the president said, People are committing suicide because uh, they've lost their jobs and they're in dire financial straits. He talked about uh, the death rate going up even though uh, as we reopen the country, even though people are practicing uh, social distancing, the president said he's not getting sleep at night thinking about that.
4: Do you believe that's the reality
3: we're facing, that, that lives will be lost to reopen the country? It's possible there will be some, because you won't be locked into an apartment or a, or a house or whatever it is, but at the same time, we're going to practice social distancing, we're going to be washing hands, we're going to be doing a lot of the things that we've learned to do over the last period of time. And. We have to get our country back. Don't forget, the cupboard was bare. The other administration, the last administration, left us nothing. We didn't have ventilators. We didn't have medical equipment. We didn't have testing. The tests were broken. What did you do when you became president to restock those cupboards that you say were bare? Well, I'll be honest. uh, I have a lot of things going on. Uh, We had a lot of uh, people that refused to allow the country to be successful uh, they wasted a lot of time on Russia 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 that turned out to be a total hoax we've lost more people now than we lost in the Vietnam War
2: what do you want to say to no this you sense? you came in trying to destroy somebody else say that we're doing everything we can man please
0: That was President Trump on ABC last night. Meantime, Dr. Rick Bright, the government scientist who was reassigned, he says because he failed to acknowledge what he considers potentially dangerous drugs, uh, he's now speaking out. He's filed a whistleblower complaint. He may testify before Congress. Nancy Pelosi says they welcome that testimony. And we learned quite abruptly that the coronavirus task force at the White House is being disbanded, likely according to the vice president, by the end of month president trump says he will have another group, group deal with uh restarting the economy and that will be the focus
2: all right. focusing on the next phase here all right tracy thank you so much yeah he worrying about his <laughs> Sam, election that's what he's worrying about
0: down, that's ridiculous out. it's freezing up the supply chain for fast food restaurants here's dan sheneman you're out of beef then out of patties yeah wendy's the fast food chain Forced to pull burgers from nearly one fifth of the chain's stores, according to one estimate. The company says it expects the
4: shortage to be temporary. The coronavirus has infiltrated many of the nation's meat and poultry packing plants. Some have temporarily stopped production. For hog farmers like Aaron and Tricia Cook in Iowa, no one will buy their hogs. We've got new pigs that are going to need to come into this building and little over a month, so they don't go somewhere, those are, you know, we don't have anywhere to go with Consumers may have to eat less meat. Large chains like Costco and Kroger are limiting the amount of meat consumers can purchase. Even small shops are limiting quantities. If they have a shortage to try it, it's a good idea. Everybody's got to get their shit. But that share may be limited while the nation's supply chain grapples with a pandemic. Dan
3: Schettelman, NBC News. A retired farmer in Kansas is gaining national attention by sending a gift to New York. Dennis Runke mailed a single N95 mask to Governor Cuomo and asked that it be given to a nurse or doctor. It was one of five he had left over from his farming days. On top of that good deed, Dennis has now earned a bachelor's degree from Kansas State University. He was only two credits short when his father passed away in 1971, and he left school to take care of the family farm. Dennis has
0: asked that people continue to pay that kindness forward. Let's check in now with NBC leader Janessa Webb, who's tracking our Wednesday weather. Janessa, good morning.
6: Hey, good morning. We are watching a kind of a
2: wintry make since we you across the Ohio Valley. Right down the Well, you heard the quick news around the world. What's happening, you guys? That's all I could do. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I really believe that the task force was not properly given time to strategize the whole domino effect of this this thing you know um, I guess cause I'm looking at it from the outside in but overall it's a ripple effect it's a domino effect it's a causing effect right it's a pros and cons um Yeah, we're gonna have collateral damage, but with that, it should be limited, right? Um What a five-year-old takes, call for a spin on the highway. Kind of misses this. To
3: find a five-year-old behind the wheel, he told police he was headed to California to buy a Lamborghini. What? Go big or go home, right?
2: <laughs> Man, I just, this is too much. This, this, its just so much going on out here, y'all. Sometimes I just look at this news and laugh and say, is this really happening? I'm really like in a, in a, in a twilight zone. Like, is this really happening? Yeah, it's happening. It's happening, y'all.
0: Some schools are concerned they may not be able to financially survive the pandemic with fewer students for online-only classes. Here's NBC Sam Rock.
2: His students filing a in lawsuit. The for real.
0: Most colleges
3: have been forced to close campuses and turn to online learning. But that could have a chilling
0: reality on classrooms this fall. We are seeing colleges that are having to close as a result of this crisis. They're in situations where they were already fragile. Some
3: students are dropping out and others like Granger Rickenbacker are suing. He's finishing up his freshman year at Drexel University in Philadelphia. Why are you filing a lawsuit? Um, because I feel as though we shouldn't have to pay full price for an online education. According to its website, Drexel costs more than $50,000 a year. Now Rickenbacker's demanding the school give him the 40% discount online students receive. I've got two classes where the professor is not using a live lecture format instead they're just uploading a recorded video that i watch my own time in a statement to nbc news
2: that's true Drexel
3: had no comment on the lawsuit but said in part students continue to have access to drexel's broad spectrum of academic offerings and support adding that its top priority is the health and safety of the members of its community if Rick and Baker's lawsuit is certified as class action it could include the university's twenty four thousand. Oh, students wow. That is just the tip of the iceberg. Around two dozen colleges and universities are facing similar lawsuits. Some schools are offering refunds and deferrals, like Wesleyan in Connecticut, whose president remains optimistic. I think that the trajectory of of, of testing and our ability to trace and isolate are are going in the right direction. The University of Arizona already announcing students will be back this fall. I want to be the place that's going to test every student and is always going to be able to deliver uh, the best care. Colleges and universities holding out hope students can safely return to campus
0: life because for some schools, their survival may depend on it. The
2: experts say small liberal arts specialty schools or niche schools could be hit the hardest by this pandemic. Yeah, because that's more content, a you know. To makes you, a you know, so that's where we are today, you guys. And um I just pray that you all make the best of it. Sit down during this time and. Find out what's your passion. Not so much what's your passion, but what is a good service that everybody needs that you know that you'll have some resources. Don't go, you know, um, invest in frivolous stuff that's not a necessity. You want to start something that you know everybody needs or a service that everyone um, could take part of. And I believe that would be a great help if you um you know that you have some type of income coming in. Okay? So this is Dr. D just shining the like giving a little commentary from the news worldwide. This is Dr. D with the boom factor. Enjoy your day! God will always make a way. Remember that.
3: LA Regional Food Bank over the weekend with cars stretching for miles. We've seen this kind of scene play out all over the country. People are desperate for food. They're having trouble uh, feeding their families, their kids particularly. And here's another scene. Uh, This is what some dairy farmers are doing. Dumping out thousands of gallons of fresh milk every day. Other farmers are destroying crops outright. Plowing, for instance, ripe vegetables right back into the ground because with the restaurants, schools, and hotels, and other things closed, farmers that are part of the commercial food supply chain just don't have anywhere to sell their products. Also, the front workers, those that are keeping the chain, food chain going, they are clearly at tremendous risk. They're still in the fields picking produce with minimal to no protection, particularly immigrants without papers. This is what it looks like inside a pork processing plant. People working there have to stand shoulder to shoulder. Yesterday, one of the largest plants in the country shut down in South Dakota indefinitely after nearly 300 employees tested positive for coronavirus. That's nearly a third of the cases in the entire state. The food supply chain is one of those things the vast majority of us, I think, tend to take for granted. You go to a restaurant or a grocery store or a fast food chain and the food is just there. But this crisis is putting stress on all parts of it from every angle. Last week, we brought you an interesting story about our toilet paper supply. And that reporting showed that the reason there's a shortage of toilet paper at stores is only really partly because people are hoarding this stuff. It's more because the industry is split into two markets. There's a commercial one and a consumer one. And everyone at home is now using the consumer product. And the commercial one, the one that's usually given to businesses and campuses and office buildings, cannot be easily made available for residential use. Well, guess what? It turns out the food supply chain is structured in a similar way while grocery stores are having a hard time keeping things in stock there is an entire food chain designed to sell bulk food to fast food stores and restaurants that is essentially being left to rot. and that is because a supply chain as one dairy industry advocate explains is tough to just switch around because oftentimes the packaging and the stock Stores or distributed through through those those avenues of, of food service are much larger and not necessarily for family for family. This weekend, Wall Street Journal's agricultural reporter Jesse Newman wrote about coronavirus' impact on our food supply chain, specifically why farmers are dumping milk and breaking eggs in the middle of a pandemic. Jesse Newman joins me now. And Jesse, you've been doing great reporting on this that I've been, I've been following avidly. Talk to me a little bit about this conundrum here, the paradox of these sort of two supply chains and the fact that one of them is, is so in sort of disuse at this strange
6: moment that, that there's tons of food being produced with nowhere to go yeah thanks it's a really strange situation that farmers and food producers find themselves in you know in the past few months since all of this began we've seen just massive upheaval in the food supply chain and you know at the beginning we saw consumers flocking to grocery stores and clearing shelves of just about every product in anticipation of weeks and months at home and so we started looking at well, what is the strength of this food supply chain? And early on, we learned that there was plenty of food in the country, so our cold storage warehouses, were full of products like chicken and pork and there was plenty of fresh produce on farms and on orchards and plenty of grain in grain bins but it's become clear over time that this huge shift was necessary was needed to take place in order to get that food to consumers so as restaurants close right. restaurant, and school cafeterias, all of that food that was destined for those outlets needed to be shifted to grocery stores, and as it turns out, that's tough to do. Yeah,
2: because the restaurants are closed. The
3: food is there, but they don't have the relationships, the distributors, the networks uh, that, that are sort of pre-established to get them into major grocery chains so you 've got that sort of part of it wilting are, are the gro- is the grocery avenue able to keep up right now? I mean is the sort of residential h- household use
6: food supply chain functioning essentially so so grocers like everyone in the food supply chain are scrambling to keep up and the the challenge really is converting some of these products from from restaurants into the grocery chain. So for example, we wrote about dairies that are dumping milk and chicken companies that are breaking eggs, that are growing chickens for meat and there's just too much food that can't make it into the grocery channel as you say because those uh, some of those relationships don't exist and it's also a question of varieties of food and packaging and sizes so for example vegetable producer told me that they you know they've got all this conventional spinach that they grow for use in restaurants well as it turns out shoppers mostly prefer organic spinach and so there just isn't a home for that quantities of the conventional spinach that they grow and in the case of dairy a good example is cheese so on a dairy farm which produces you know millions of gallons of milk a lot of that goes into cheese production and cheese makers are making you know huge huge packages of shredded cheese that are bound for pizza chains mozzarella cheese that's going to go on top of pizzas right. and easily converted into a small eight ounce zippered bag that a consumer likes to buy at a grocery store it just takes specialized equipment and it's very costly to try to shift on a dime
3: So the final question here has to do with the the, the workers that are part of this entire chain. I mean, these are people that are, you know, essential services, whether it's the grocery person or a a farm worker picking fruit or those folks we've seen in uh, in, in pork processing plants. I mean, these are all people who are
6: both needed but also really exposed right now, as, as the story out of South Dakota shows. That's right. So farm workers have been deemed essential workers. They are still being encouraged to go to work and pick our fresh fruits and vegetables, or in the case of meat processing plants, um, workers, you know, we we need those workers to produce the products that we all enjoy. And yet they, farm workers and their advocates are quite concerned about the risks that they face. Um, A lot of workers, as you mentioned, are undocumented some are here on seasonal guest worker visas and their employment is tied to a particular employer and there are you know conditions that persist in this industry that are very concerning whether it is overcrowded housing or these workers are being transported to fields in you know in, in dozens of workers to a bus they work in close proximity to one another and so you know there's a lot of concern about their health and safety.
3: All right, Jesse Newman, who's been doing just really excellent, excellent reporting on all this uh, at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you so much. Hey, what's going on, guys?
0: Rob Oliver, founder of the Genius Brand. I want to talk about Genius Joint, one of our newest products. I mean, I'm beyond excited for this one. I basically took everything I've ever taken for anti-inflammation and joint health, mobility, recovery. I took all of those. I put them into one super complex because I was taking like three or four different really good products from a couple of different brands. Um, and I decided it was finally time.
2: All right, so you heard that part. Oh, I'm gonna stop this. Now they have to dump all the. The milk crush the eggs because it's just sitting there because it's not being able to be delivered at the restaurants that are closed um uh, that's hurting the community, the local community. And um it's really dirty business what really happened to your recycle. It's like, this it's something to really think about. I just Like to go through YouTube and just see the other reports from other angles and what other people are reporting that you're not going to hear on the regular news. I'm sorry, but the regular news is only there to keep repeating the same old thing. And that's all you're going to hear. I watch it for at least two hours sometimes and then repeating the same old thing. Okay, I don't want to hear about all that. You done told me give me the nitty gritty. So, I go and search for it. I go on YouTube, I go on the Global Network, I go to BBC News. You know, you have to go outside the country. I listen to the British news. I listen to the German news, even though I can't understand what they're saying, but at least I can I can I'm visual, so I know what they're showing. So, you have to really um expand your horizon. So you can have a better understanding, okay? And you can structure your family and make them understand and prepare themselves for what lies ahead. Because I'm telling you guys, I'm not saying this out of fear. I'm saying this out of a warning that the Father himself shared with me and said, daughter, it's going to get worse. It's gonna get worse. And it all goes back to the beginning. Man have puffed himself up and as you see, even on the news with all of this and with the president and with the politician, he's not worrying about the people because if you really, really worrying about your election, why everybody else can zoom and FaceTime you can you can campaign on Zoom. You can campaign on on TV. You had a lot to say during the, the virus that's been all inaccurate. Well, Zoom from the White House and let the scientists do what they need to do, right? Right? And, and let people who is being paid by the taxpayers, such as ourselves, you and I, that's paying y'all to to advise us, but as a people, we keep forgetting that it's our tax money that that making sure that they are living strong, but at the end, we are hurting. So I'm like, hey, stop giving all these corporations a break. Give the taxpayer a break. Elevate the taxes for us. Stop double-taxing us. You see what I'm saying? We've been double-taxed at all ends. Now, in Texas, they don't tax our food, but they tax everything else. Corporations, businesses, you know, different things like that. But they're not going to do that because they know that's where the money's coming from. And they need you to go out there and spend that money so they don't have to do all these relief. Now, they didn't, they didn't amend this CARES Act once again in favor of the employer, and they're giving the employee an option, but at the end of the day, it's to favor the employer. The corporation, once again, just like working compensation, it's not there to protect the employee. It's there to, in- to protect the employer. Man, come on. Man, let's open up our eyes. Wake up, people. Wake up! Wake up from your slumber. Wake up! God said He will not allow the enemy to sneak up upon us. And I'm I'm just shining the light on some stuff. Okay, that's all Dr. D do. I'm just shining the light. I know I'm different. I'm shining the light. You guys, get those emergency bags packed. Get your two-way radio. I learned some other stuff from what the guy was saying. I'm gonna get it. I have my first aid kit. I have some stuff prepared already. That's right, I do. So y'all be strong out there, okay? Know that Psalms 91 cover you. Make sure that you believe in the word of God, that Jesus is Lord, and set them in his heart so the Holy Spirit can come down and talk to you and tell you how to prepare your family and depend on God not the government, not man, but depend on God to lead and guide you. That you would not only save yourself, save your family, but you'll be able to save somebody else. Okay? God bless. To see where the fallout
7: goes. When the E&P goes off, we strap on our hiking shoes and we start walking out of here. Uh, network group is a meetup group where preppers talk about different things like how to build a bug out bag, uh, how to make laundry detergent, how to make deodorant, toothpaste, natural things like that, uh, how to read maps, how to read compasses. Anything prepping touches, we touch on. But today, with We're going to have a bunch of events, so we're going to do uh, fire safety, knife safety, uh, how to winterize your bug out bags, stew making.
8: My name is Marlon, I've been prepping probably for about 15 years. You go to Manhattan and New York, there's 8 million. Where do you put 8 million people in a disaster? So you have to sort of fend for yourself, and to fend for yourself, you've got to learn these things. It's 9-11 us that. Hurricane Katrina us that. Uh, there's no cavalry coming. Yes, I, I run a women's fashion company. That and this don't rhyme at all, but that's what I do. So you have to have that balance in your life. And a lot of people don't see prepping as that. They see prepping as you know, people who are nuts. What do you mean? Oh, okay. Nice work. Yay! What's top, don't, don't worry.
2: I was told a fire, yes. People have gotten a little lax, a little uh, lazy when it comes to their own survival. Yeah, too comfortable. People, uh,
4: government, uh, the police, this and that, to be their constant protectors. But when it comes down to it, you
6: are your own guardian, your own survivor, your family's protector. I was at the Barcelona attacks. I've, you know, I've been like witness to some of the things that have happened in New York City and elsewhere, Um, earthquakes in New Mexico. And I think that when you live those things, you start thinking to yourself, "I've already experienced this." It makes it real, right? It makes it very real.
7: Carbon is good. And he got all kind of what knives. I need even better. I so need to go buy some shot, knives. Right? This is a very good knife. With okay. short strokes and controlled strokes. More lotteries here. That takes you seconds to bleed out before you're dead. Even at home, even if there's nobody home but you. Put it back in sheet. People who don't prep, they're naive. They just think that help's always going to be there. Sucks to be you if you think like that. Should something happen, I'm ready to rock and roll, whether it's to stay here or or, or leave. it's like having insurance you buy insurance for a lot of shit. you don't use it half the time you know, but we still have it just in case you drop your camera you drop your phone in the toilet right it might not ever happen but you still have insurance on I mean, society is definitely getting worse but if you look at history you look at all the wars we've been in as humans it's never really been a stable place man. I hate the city you know I mean it's, it's not um, um, this living on top of each other and when I go out my house, my neighbors are right next to me. You know, in the city, it sucks. It's crowded. It's enough. You know, it's, it's, there's too many hipsters. It's liberals. I want to go somewhere where those people are scared of the outdoors. That's where I want to live. I mean, eventually, it would be nice to uh, just be completely reliant on your own. I mean, the downside of living off the grid is you're by yourself, and I think that people need one another
8: to survive.
2: Let me see if I get it from the beginning, y'all. I guess I've been preparing for this for maybe about several years, too. I just got to put all my stuff together. This is all over the place now. This is a fire, man. Um, just the beginning.
7: My name is Jason Charles. I'm 40 years old. I'm a firefighter in New York City. I'm the organizer of NYC Preppers Network. I'm also a prepper myself. I've been prepping for seven years now. This is just put here. So the dog doesn't lay on the couch.
6: Not that I put a dirty camping, it makes it any better. If you were to put it simply, what
7: are you prepping for? I'm prepping for everything. Right? So it's not one thing anymore. Financial crisis, hurricane, tornadoes. Bad bunch of storms, you know. So these are things that we get struck with all the time. The alien invasion gonna take us out? No, you know. The zombies gonna rise up out of the ground? And no, that's real. You know that that's fantasy. That's people want to happen. Is a nuclear bomb gonna go off in one of the cities? More likely. Those that, that's how you navigate. You you try to stay within the realm of of uh, reality. The most likely scenario would probably be. Collapse of civilization. The Cold War was the reason why people started prepping. What if they drop a bomb? What if they do this? You know, what if they cut up a food supply? Well, you gotta start prepping. It became an American thing. So, this closet right here is what I prefer to jokingly as the end of the world closet. Jokingly. So,
2: <clears throat> so I gotta get some rope. Yeah. I need to get vitamins, some more lighter fluid. Some medical supplies here. Well, and some I gotta get that two way
7: radio. So, two way radio here. What's the most important thing in there? The water. Everything else is just, you know, I mean, food is, is, is important. The MREs in the back. MREs? Yeah, uh, meals ready to eat. Right, so we have uh, freeze dried food up here. We have beans, we have rice, we have a lot of that. The food will last us probably nine months. Other than that, the Christmas stuff that is not prepping stuff is just somewhere to store it. I
2: gotta, I gotta order some more MRAs. I have. I got there before the time. Military food. Getting down there thinking that I was gonna help
7: out, it didn't turn out that way, right? Because the buildings came down and it all went to shit. When it all went down, you just, you were focused on your job to help people and see what needed to be done and where you could be of most use. I was standing in front of Tower 1, and Tower 2 went down. Being where I was, I was 100% sure I was dead, and then the building just came straight down instead of leaning over. Had the building tilted over, I would have been toast. Everybody there would have been toast. Right before I took off running, I watched Five Guys Die. And then I remember that breaking my my trance and then I took off and ran. All the supplies and equipment I bought over the years, I think I spent probably over ten grand. The bug out bag or bailout kit, whatever, like many names for it. Um, started in the military with fighter pilots. If the plane was still intact or helicopter was still intact, they'd have a compartment where they had like this emergency gear. The main is the food nice right? freeze dried tuna, and here's the most important thing you need to have first aid kit, right? Multi tool, knives, two of them. This is a carpenter's axe and it's sharp. A carpenter's axe. Light. It's almost a tad bigger than a hatchet. But too small to be a full-size axe. And my son would carry this. Just because he could. Not saying he would use it. Because he can't swing it yet. I don't think he can. How old is
8: your son? It's nine. Yeah. And I take it, the
7: swords would take it with you. No. Not unless the zombies outside. I do have uh, specific, Hello, bug 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 plans for specific bug out scenarios. Nuclear warhead goes off. We would stay in the home. Um, to see where the fallout goes. if an EMP goes off, we strap on our hiking shoes, and we start walking out of here. Wow. The NYC Preppers uh, Network group is a meetup group where preppers talk about different things, like how to build a bug out bag, uh, how to make laundry detergent, how to make deodorant, toothpaste, natural things like that. Uh, how to read maps, how to read compasses. Anything prepping touches, we touch on. Right? Uh, today, we're going to have a bunch of events. So, we're going to do uh, fire safety, bag safety, about how to winterize your bug out bags, stew making.
8: prepping probably for about 15 years. You go to Manhattan in, in New York, there's 8 million. Where do you put 8 million people in a disaster? So you have to sort of fend for yourself. And to fend for yourself, you've got to learn these things. It's 9-11 Taught us that. Hurricane Katrina told us that. Uh, there's no cavalry coming. No cavalry
2: coming. Yeah. Yes, Lord. All right. So, so you have to have that I wanted y'all to hear that. Crazy, but they're
8: going to learn the thing in the words of Kevin Hart.
2: People have gotten a little lax, a little uh, lazy when it comes to their own survival.
4: They do depend on other people, uh, government, uh, police, this and that, to be their constant protectors. But when it comes down to, you're your own protector, your
6: family's protector. I was at the Barcelona attacks, I've you know, I've been like witness to some of the things that have happened in New York City and elsewhere. Um, earthquakes in Mexico. Like, and I think that when you live those things you start thinking to yourself, I've already experienced this. Makes it real. Right, it makes it very real.
7: Is good,
2: he got all kind of knives. Oh, wait, let me see what he's saying. Where they made is even better. So, this is a Swedish knife, right? This is a very good
7: knife. Boys, short strokes and controlled strokes. moral lotteries here that takes you seconds to bleed out before you're
2: dead. Wow,
7: even at home, even if there's nobody home but you, you put it back in sheep.
2: Number 15.
4: Business users are the target customers for the Looking Glass holographic workstation. Using a holographic display, it presents immersive 3D content to multiple people without the use of VR headgear. The all-in-one workstation offers multiple screen sizes, as well as an interactive, touch-sensitive version. saving tool for the backwoods explorer this personal emergency generator is a multi-tool with dozens of uses it can recharge mobile phones and other usb devices it's a fire starter a uv water purifier an emergency siren and a strobe like a regular flashlight it's small enough to fit in a backpack and powered by a rechargeable battery personal assistant device, the Orba, is a music synthesizer that's fun and easy to use even for the musically challenged. Sound is created by tapping or sliding your fingers as well as waving or shaking the device. Musical creations can be played through a speaker or recorded using a variety of MIDI production software. on your waist and it will help you to be distraction free. The Foci by Tiny Logics urges you to focus on what's important. Using an app and vibrations, you're trained to tune out distractions and move toward a deep focus state. It displays your changing mental states using cutting edge meditative biofeedback technology and an AI mind coach. Wow. 11. An unusual twist on the usual Bluetooth speakers is now available. The Quirky Air is five speakers in one. With the innovative use of magnets, each of Air's speakers syncs together automatically, whether pulled apart or joined together. It can function as one mono speaker, a surround sound system, or five independent speakers. Offering a battery life of seven hours, the air is rechargeable and waterproof.
9: I'm Allie and it's Mind's Eye Trivia Time. By looking at just these images, do you know what this is and where it's from? Leave the correct answer or your best guess in the comment section below.
2: Nike. that, springs on us.
0: Number
4: 10. Bosch has a high-tech trick up its sleeve with the new virtual visor designed to block the glare of the sun while driving. It's comprised of a rectangular LCD with hexagonal segments. The visor uses a selfie lens to track your face and only blocks the sections where the sun would blind you.
6: Number nine.
4: Made for use in a car, the Rove Bolt has a built-in Google Assistant that will play sound through the vehicle's speakers. The device plugs into any 12-volt socket and features two USB ports, indicator lights, and microphones for voice control. Working in tandem with a smartphone, it can activate navigation, stream music, and send messages. It can also place a voice call, get the weather, make notes, and more. Its newest headphones with a special perk their reflect eternal headphones are likely the first to feature charging by the Sun via an array of solar cells on the headband the company says two and a half hours of sun per day will give unlimited use under the right conditions the headphones also feature a microphone and optional USB charging as well as support for Alexa and Google assistants. In another language, you can pack the pocket talk and bring along 74 languages in one device. One, little the little innovative little. gadget guy. features a touch screen, a text translate camera to read signs, along with a money and measurement converter. device called Ether by Soma Labs. It detects the hidden electromagnetic waves emitted by everyday objects and turns them into sounds heard using earphones. Ether runs on two AAA batteries providing over 300 hours of runtime. company is showing off its prototype of a contact lens that features an augmented reality. AR displays In glasses have been seen before with limited success, but now it's in a tiny contact lens. The Mojo Lens motion sensor tracks eye movements while superimposing text and graphics into a built-in heads-up display. This allows the user access to real-time information of their surroundings without interrupting their
2: focus. Oh.
0: Number
4: four. Swatting this fly won't kill it. Researchers at Switzerland's EPFL have developed a tiny robotic insect that moves and withstands crushing. Engineers have two versions, a tethered one and an autonomous version, with its own eyes, brain, and battery. The awesome little three-legged bug travels by artificial muscle vibrations. They're working on getting the bugs to communicate with each other, and then perform complicated tasks. To do what? The
2: hell? I want an AI bug for.
4: Skytrack Smart Luggage is seriously cool, offering plenty of convenience and features. The suitcase has a tough polycarbonate outer shell with a shockproof inner lining. The Skytrack opens vertically with a fingerprint lock or facial recognition. Oh wow! The interior has adjustable storage areas as well as individual waterproof bags toiletries and electronics. The quick access front pockets on the exterior provide additional storage. Extra features include a global tracker, dual batteries for charging gadgets, an integrated weighing system, and a proximity alarm.
2: Oh, that's cool. I like that.
0: Number
4: two. It seems board games are still in fashion, as a new augmented reality twist is reawakening traditional party-time gaming. The Tilt 5 gaming system consists of electronic AR glasses, a game board, and a wand controller. The lenses allow players to see the animation as 3D holograms on the game board, with interactions done via the wand. The game also has an online multiplayer function allowing users to play remotely by using the speakers and microphone in the glasses.
9: I'm Allie and it's Mind's Eye Trivia Time. By looking at just these images, do you know what this is and where it's from? leave the correct answer or
0: your best guess in the comment section below
2: and like small done
0: number one
4: san francisco-based quake technologies is developing an augmented reality mask that allows the wearer to see images through smoke and darkness. Intended for first responders in the emergency field, the mask uses a cutting edge AI algorithm and an external thermal camera to provide a much needed life-saving advantage. The mask is still in the prototype stages, but potential customers can sign up to keep in touch with its development. Wow, that's
2: awesome. Pretty cool. Well, there there it goes. I told y'all when I see stuff I'm gonna share it with you guys. That's fifteen items that is some of them have been developed already. Um, some are prototypes, but right now, this is what's happening in twenty twenty behind the scenes. We have all this new technology that's coming forward, and hey, um, I found this one on YouTube subscribe. Let me see what it. You can go on YouTube, and it's 15 new technology designs coming in 2020. Some of the prototypes, and then they have some that they're still working on. So, that's what I'm saying. And Dr. Boyce Watkins confirming what I was been saying. Um, You got to start watching the news, because he was saying he have two friends that's both work for two different ne- networks, and when he hear them talk, when they have conversation, they're saying the same thing. What you hear on NBC, you're gonna hear on uh, ABC and CBS. And I've been was saying that they're just reciting with each other same because it's mind control. It's it's like you keep repeating something long enough that you're going to start believing it, and then you're going to sit around with it. And when you're more intelligent than that, and you have the Holy Spirit, and he starts showing you different stuff, then you say, wait, hold up, wait a minute. That's not right. You see what I'm saying? So you guys, hey, I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just striving to keep you guys On point, because I know we getting distracted watching all this other stuff, and then you you got the distractions with all these old crazy game shows and all these other new things that's popping up. But what really, really you should be doing right now is making you a survival kit. (laughs) No, y'all may, oh, Lord, what Dr. D talking about? Nah, survival kit. What's wrong with it? The, the corona stay at home curfew and got her and lost her mind. No, I haven't. My children can tell you I've been doing this almost for, what five six years. The Lord been telling me certain things, and He told me He kept saying twenty twenty, and I'm thinking, yeah, twenty twenty gonna be my year. Twenty twenty gonna be my year, not knowing He was like, no, twenty twenty. I'm going to show you something, which he did, but look how it came, y'all. I mean, boom. Well, I went into 2020 fighting, but look what all this stuff is happening now. So, and it's not a shock. It's just that we got to go do it, you guys, period. And... You have to have the belief and the trust and the know it that God got you. Because this stuff that's about to go down these next two months, if you ain't strong enough, it's gonna tear you down mentally, it's gonna tear you down physically, and the show gonna take over you financially. So you best just start getting your game face on. Put on your wall paint. And, you know, it's time to get stuff straight. You know, I was sitting down here and I was watching I was watching um this movie, Identity Theft, because it happened to me twice, you know. Um, literally, it happened to me um, when I was in college, when I was like in my 20s, and then when I was in my late 30s, it happened to me again. Um on the church side. And then, no, I guess three times. Well, it happened to me while I was on a job, meaning like I was on this job and the girl kept going into my accounts, changing my stuff, trying to make me look bad like I don't know what I was doing because I was doing great and jealousy kicked in. And so she tried to make it seem like I wasn't fit for the position. And I protested against the owner and said, you need to have some kind of, uh, regulations and codes and ID. So whoever go in, whoever count, it'll be logged, right? Well, some, it helped, some didn't. Because even this year, I had notice and I put it in the notes. I don't know if they can delete the notes, but I sure took a picture of it and I saved it for my records, you know. And I filed a complaint, um, about it because I'm still was concerned like how my name get on these tax returns I'm like and I asked I asked about it and it was like well you know we're just gonna do this if we just wait till da 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 and when it come up we'll deal with it no I need to dealt with now nah, I need to find out how my name got on these tax returns you know what I'm saying you know my customers. You know, I'm like, I was very concerned, and there was all nonchalant about it, you know. And so a lot of things, you know, you got to, like, really catch your own back. You really, really got to be careful. You can't trust nobody. I'm sorry. You can't. I don't care how much they smile on your face, how much they want to hug and kiss you. In a way, I'm kind of glad COVID came in. Because now it's like, hey, 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 back up. You took a test? with your ID card? Oh, yeah, that's another thing, y'all. They're going to try to get us with an ID card to see if we really um, good or not. But I didn't want to stay with you that long. I just saw that this was interesting. And um, they have some new technology. That's only just that little part I saw online. Um, But they have other stuff in the making. And when I come across it, I'll put it on the air for y'all to hear it. Hey, you don't have to believe it. Do what you want with it. I'm just sharing it. Okay, don't kill a messenger. I'm just sharing the message. All right, so this is Dr. D. Just sharing some updates with you guys. 15 new technology designs that's coming in 2020. I think like six of them that they already in the making. Um, But the rest of them, they... They have prototypes, and they have some more other stuff that I'll probably just share a light on with you guys in in a few days or weeks. but I pray all y'all are doing good out there um don't lose hope don't don't faint, don't get weary. I know it's 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 man it was beautiful today. Just walk outside I'm about to um I really need to clean up in here y'all but I'm doing my patio, and I'm going to put a screen thing up there and a cover where I can just enjoy. I can go sit out on my balcony and just enjoy the nice sun when it comes through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set that up real nice, you know. You know what? I could have put that outside. I just thought about something. I'm looking at my thing. I had this bay, um basking rack. I had this basking rack since my oldest daughter was five years old. So that means this thing is 25 years old. Yeah, 25 years old. And I'm just shocked I still have it. I still love it. It looks good. And I'm telling you, but no, I'm not going to put it outside because that means it's going to get rusty. And I'm just like, wow, how did I hold on to this? I remember some stuff I'm going to rant now. I, I know some, some of the stuff was by my dad's house, and um I had forgot I had stuff by my dad's house when I moved before Hurricane Katrina. And I just, like, wow, it's amazing how some stuff I still had. Uh, some stuff I wish I still would have kept, like my skateboard. Yeah, I used to be a skateboard, y'all, you know, um, I've been at that skateboard all that years and that woman would not allow me to get my stuff out of my daddy's house. Man, some people could be so evil. But anyway, I'm gonna get back with y'all. Much love, peace. Stay strong, stay healthy, you know, stay inside if you can. When you go outside, get that vitamin D. You know, let it hit your body. But don't stay out there too long. Make sure you cover up, put that mask on if you go out in the public. 'Cause they got people still walking around like it's every day. And every and every day they coming up with new I mean, every day is a new case. Every day somebody died, man, this is some serious stuff, man. It's like Lord have mercy, man. You really sh- you really putting judgment on America and on the people, bro. But God's taking care of his his own, right? Okay. God bless you guys. Much love. I'll, I'll tune in with y'all later. This is Dr. D, sounding out.
5: In order to protect these plants from over harvesting, the medicine men used to pick every third plant they found. Here are the most versatile plants the Native Americans used in their everyday lives. Rosehip. This is the red to orange berry that is the fruit of wild roses. It is already known to be a massive source of vitamin C when eaten whole. Crust into a tea or added to food. It is used to treat colds and coughs, intestinal distress, as an antiseptic, and to treat inflammation. Rosemary. Native American tribes consider this plant sacred. They used it mostly as an analgesic for alleviating sore joints. This herb improves memory, relieves muscle pain and spasm, and helps the circulatory and the nervous systems. It also improves the immune system and treats indigestion. Yarrow Also known as Achillea millifolium, this fragrant flowering plant has been used since ancient Greece to stop excess bleeding. It is said the Greek hero Achilles used it on his wounds, hence the name. Pioneers and Aboriginal people applied this on open wounds and cuts as a poultice made from the leaves to help clot the blood. They also combined fresh yarrow juice with water to help an upset stomach and for intestinal disorders. A tea made from the leaves and stems will act as an astringent. Red Clover. This plant has been used by healers for treating inflammation and respiratory conditions. Recent studies have shown that red clover helps to prevent heart disease by improving circulation and lowering cholesterol. Valerian. The root as an infusion in a tea relieves muscle aches, pain, and is said to have a calming effect. Hops. As a tea, it is used to treat digestive problems and often mixed with other herbs and plants, such as aloe, to soothe muscles. It also is used to soothe toothaches and a sore throat. Sumac. This plant can be used for multiple medicinal remedies. But it is one of the only plants that the healers used in treating eye problems. A decoction from sumac was used as a gargle to relieve sore throats or taken as a remedy for diarrhea. The leaves and berries are combined in tea to reduce fever or made into a poultice to soothe poison ivy. Aloe. A cactus-like plant, the thick leaves can be squeezed to extrude a thick sap that can be used to treat burns, insect bites and wounds. Blackberry The Cherokee used this plant for treating an upset stomach. They used blackberry tea for curing diarrhea and soothing swollen tissues and joints. An all-natural cough syrup to heal sore throats can be made from blackberry root mixed with honey or maple syrup. To soothe bleeding gums they use to chew the leaves. This plant is also good for strengthening the whole immune system. Lavender Healers use this plant as a remedy for insomnia, anxiety, depression, headache, and fatigue. The essential oil has antiseptic and anti inflammatory properties. Infusions can be used to soothe insect bites as well as burns. Mint The Cherokee used to make a mint tea to soothe digestion problems and help an upset stomach. They also made a salve from the leaves to relieve itching skin and rashes. Hummingbird Blossom The Native Americans use this plant for treating mouth and throat conditions as well as cysts, fibroid tumours and inflammation. It can be made into a poultice to help treat burns, sores and wounds. A diuretic that stimulates kidney function can be made using the roots of this plant. The early pioneers utilised this particular plant as a substitute for black tea. Recent studies have shown that the hummingbird blossom is effective in treating high blood pressure and lymphatic blockages. Black gum bark. The Cherokee used to make a mild tea from the twigs and black gum bark to relieve chest pains. Goldenrod. Commonly thought of today as a source of allergies and sneezing, it was actually considered another all in one medicine by the Native Americans. As a tea, in addition to food and a topical salve, it is used to treat conditions from bronchitis and chest congestions to colds, flu, inflammation, sore throats and as an antiseptic for cuts and abrasions. Cattail. This is one of the most famous survival plants the indigenous population use for food, but also as a preventative medicine. Because it's an easily digestible food, it's helpful for recovering from illness. It is called the supermarket of the swamp as it can be used in multiple dishes. Pull out a sticker, green brier. This root tea was used as a blood purifier for relieving joint pain. Some healers made a salve from leaves and bark mixed with hog lard, which was applied to minor sores, scalds and burns. Wild rose. The Native Americans use this plant as a preventative and a cure for a mild common cold. The tea stimulates the bladder and kidneys and is a mild diuretic. A petal infusion was used for a sore throat. Passion flower. Since ancient times, Native American herbal remedies would use this as an analgesic and a sedative. It is great to use for depression or mental clouding since it is full of flavonoids and produces a sedative effect on the nervous system. The lack of toxicity allows this product to be administered to children. Saw Palmetto The native tribes of Florida, such as the Seminoles, use the plant for food, but medicine men used it as a natural remedy for abdominal pain. It also helps digestion, reduces inflammation, and stimulates appetite. Slippery Elm the Native Americans used the inner bark to fashion bowstrings, rope, thread, and clothing. Tea was made from the bark and leaves to soothe toothaches, respiratory irritations, skin conditions, stomach ache, sore throats, and even spider bites. Sage. Sage is commonly used as a spice, but it was a sacred plant for many indigenous tribes as it was thought to have effective purifying energies and to cleanse the body of negative energies. As a remedy, it was used for treating medical conditions like abdominal cramps, spasms, cuts, bruises, colds, and flu. Honeysuckle. This plant has been used as a natural remedy by the Native Americans for treating asthma, but it has multiple healing purposes, including rheumatoid arthritis, mumps, and hepatitis. It also helps with upper respiratory tract infections, such as pneumonia. Wild ginger. Healers use this plant for treating earache and ear infections. They also made a mild tea from rootstock for stimulating the digestive system and relieving bloating. It also helps with bronchial infections and nausea. Mullein. A tobacco-like plant, it was mainly used to treat respiratory disorders. The Native Americans made concoctions from the roots to reduce swelling in the joints, feet, or hands. Licorice root. This root is famously used for flavoring candies, foods, and beverages, but it has also been used by healers to treat stomach problems, bronchitis, food poisoning, and chronic fatigue. (laughs) Devil's Claw Although the name would suggest a poisonous plant, the Native Americans used it to heal various conditions, from treating fever to soothing skin conditions, improving digestion, and treating arthritis. The tea can reduce the effects of diabetes, while a concoction made from the plant's roots reduces swelling and helps with joint disease, arthritis, gout, back pain, headache, and sores. Alfalfa. Alfalfa relieves digestion and is used to aid blood clotting. Contemporary uses include treatments of arthritis, bladder and kidney conditions, and bone strength. It also enhances the immune system. Prickly pear cactus. This is another plant that has been used as both a food and medicine. Native Americans made a poultice from mature pads as an antiseptic and for treating wounds, burns, and boils. Tea was made to treat urinary tract infections and to help the immune system. Now, research shows that the prickly pear cactus helps to lower cholesterol and prevents diabetes and diet-related cardiovascular disease. Ashwagandha. This plant was an important plant for healers because of its many unusual medicinal uses. It treats bone weakness, muscle weakness and tension, loose teeth, memory loss and rheumatism. It can also be used as a sedative. It has an overall rejuvenating effect on the body as it improves vitality. The leaves and the root bark can also be used as an antibiotic. If made into a poultice, it helps reduce swelling and treats pain. Caution is advised in the use of this plant, as it is toxic. Uva Ursi Because of the bear's affection towards the plant's fruits, it's also known as bearberry and bear grape. The Native Americans use this plant mainly for treating bladder and urinary tract infections. Disclaimer this video is informational and educational purpose only. If you have questions about food, diet, nutrition, natural remedies, or holistic health, please do your own research and consult with your healthcare practitioner. <laughs> Thanks for watching and let us know in the comments below which of the 30 medicinal plants surprised you the most that the Native Americans used on a daily basis. Don't forget to like and subscribe to watch more videos like this one.
9: Tennessee today and I'm with Lisa Bedner at her herb farm Lisa hi this is called Pipsisawa herbs because Pipsisawa is my native name as well as being a medicine plant and what are you going to share with us today what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some of the native plants native herbs that are easy to grow because they belong here some of them have been naturalized which means even though they didn't start out here They've been here for at least three or four generations. They're used as medicine. Some of them are used as food. They're beautiful. A lot of them smell good. And people just don't know about them because they're not listed in some of the books. And that's why we're here today, for a little bit of knowledge. I hope so. All right, let's start off on our little walk here today. Okay, here's an herb that a lot of people see. On the side of the road. It's called mountain mint or hoary mountain mint. It's called hoary because it gets a white frost on it. Looks a little bit like baby powder, okay, in the fall. And this is a medicinal that is inhaled usually for sinus problems. Okay. If you take a piece of it and roll it up in your hand, there's even enough on my hand right now and breathe in, it opens Mm -hmm. up the sinuses. You don't even have to make a tea or do anything else to it. You can dry it, but you don't need to. It works just as well fresh. I am a member of UPS, that is United Plant Savers, not the brown trucks, the green plants. We are uh, all over the country started by Rosemary Gladstar. Uh, in order to preserve the endangered medicinal species. So I'm a sanctionary for some of those. One of the things I wanted to talk about is how important it is to know that we have medicine all around us. You don't have to go to Chinese herbs or European herbs. We have it right here. Here's a great example. This is bugleweed. You may have heard the common name of bugleweed for ajuga, a little purplish plant that's on the ground. This is totally different. That's some of the problems with common names. But this is a Lycopus. This is our native species, okay? It grows here. It is a specific for an overactive thyroid. But it has a twin in Europe. This is Lycopus virginicus, as in Virginia. And we have a twin. Lycopus Europeans, and if you read the herb books, they will all tell you that Lycopus Europeans is good for for thyroid, but they don't know about this one because this one is ours, and I haven't written my second book yet. (laughs) I don't think most people know how tall Joe Piagg gets. Well, uh, one of the reasons they don't know is because this is the original species. This has not been messed with, it's not a hybrid and joe pie can get 10 feet tall Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. but they do sell this they sell it as an ornamental but it's typically been hybridized not to grow so small they also sometimes change the color of the flowers hybrid is not a bad thing but you can't typically use it for medicine because mm-hmm. if you mess with the color or mess with the size you have to lose something else This is a specific, the root is used for kidney stones and has been. One of its other common names is gravel root. And even though we don't typically use it today, in the old days, somebody said they had gravel. Mm -hmm. That meant kidney Kidney stones. stones. This is one of our natives. There are probably about 60 different species of St. John's wort. People have heard of St. John's wort because yes. somebody figured out that you could use it internally for depression. Really, it's a minor use. It doesn't work all that well, certainly not for major depression. What it does do, however, is it helps the nervous system and all pain, no matter where the pain is, comes from your nerves because nerves are what register pain. So all pain is nerve pain. This has been used topically for centuries for nerve pain. And this is one of our native St. John's worts. There are all kinds, and I'll show you the test. If you take a leaf of St. John's wort and you hold that leaf up to the light, you should see tiny little pinprick holes in the leaf, okay? and when you see those i don't know if it'll go on camera but we'll try those tiny little holes are actually not holes but that's where there's no chlorophyll and there is hypericin glands and that's where the hypericin oil comes from so Mm -hmm. if you find a saint john's ward in the woods in your backyard if you got it from a nursery if the leaf looks like it has holes in it you can use it for medicine and it's put topically on the skin doesn't work exactly in in raw plant form. You need to get the oil out of it. So you either have to use an oil or something that will break the oil, like uh, vinegar or alcohol, to get it through. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about marshmallow. And the plant came before the candy, in case you want to (laughs) know. Because the roots are sticky and sweet. okay, And they were pounded and used as candy. So that's where the name of the candy came from. But the marshmallow, it's related to hollyhocks and other altheas, has pretty flowers. But mostly what we use for medicine is the root because it soothes and coats like that old purple medicine used to do. (laughs) Okay, so it's good from lips all the way to the end, and it helps with indigestion and other things. The main reason we use it, even though it is technically originally from Europe, very easy to grow from seed or from cutting, because we use the slippery elm tree a lot for medicine people know that it's good for things it's good for sore throats it's good for uh indigestion problems but the difficulty with the slippery elm is we have to cut the inner bark of the tree so we're killing the trees this is uh one of the things that ups does we encourage people to use a species that is easy to grow you could cut all the roots out of that. You'd only need two or three years. And I promise you, if you had one little piece of root left, mm-hmm. you'd have another marshmallow plant. So we like to tell people, don't use slippery elm mm-hmm. if you can help it, and use this instead. I have seen
0: this marketed as um,
9: either English or French hollyhocks, So that makes sense too. Uh, and And the Latin is officinalis, which means it's the official species. It's the first one. It's not a hybrid. I love this plant, Lisa.
0: Can you explain it to our viewers?
9: This is one of our natives. It's Angelica. They also think it's beautiful. Its Latin is Angelica, angelica, the beautiful plant of the archangels. It can get six, seven, or even eight feet tall with a flower head on it, a ball of seeds, about 2,000 seeds per head, about this big. This plant is a wonderful example of use the whole thing okay the leaves and the stems are used for arthritis okay the stems are also candied and used in some confections and the root is a specific for female hormone irregularities okay the chinese version of this Dan quai is very popular and sometimes bought as a medicine for perimenopausal women oh my goodness lisa what is behind you (laughs) this is burdock this is as big as elephant ears okay it's one of our native plants we have three different plants that end in dock we have burdock curly dock and narrow dock it was given the name dock d-o-c because it was used for medicine for everything by the indians so they said this is a dock plant and they called them all dock Burdock is the most powerful, and I think it's the prettiest. Okay. Um, The root is used uh, for cleaning out the system and helping people poop if they can't. Okay. Okay, I can say poop, can I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me
0: about what's going on up here. This is the this flower stalk. This is stuff. the
9: flower stalk, and it really has... The flowers, when they fully open, will have a little tinge of purple on top, but when it makes the seed heads, it makes these balls that have, like, little Velcro stickers on them, and they don't hurt, but they stick to you everywhere. So, some people call it the Velcro plant. Mm-hmm. Some people call it stick-tight but it's burdock, it's easy to grow, and this is one of those things that would be considered a good tonic. You could take all the time, and it's good for you. And also the root contains inulin, which is a chemical precursor to insulin. A lot of diabetics find if they take this, it helps them stabilize their blood sugar. We're talking about Sweet Annie here. Mm -hmm. Artemisia annua, this is one of our native weeds it smells wonderful. And I would like to add that if you're driving through where there's a lot of cattle, they will not eat this in the field. So they'll walk around it and eat around it. Except at certain times. Really? When they know they have a problem uh-huh. of worms, they will eat it Oh because my goodness. animals have that kind of sense. Wow. This is, has been used traditionally for hundreds of years to take care of worms and parasites artemisia from china sinensis is very similar to this except it's a perennial this is what bill gates and his ilk are pushing for malaria treatments the world health organization says that artemisia sinensis is is a cure for malaria this is the american artemisia this is sweet annie this plant right here will work on malaria anywhere in the world Central America, Africa, wherever. And Bill Gates won't use this one. He won't support our American farmers. He's buying stuff from China because more paperwork has been written on it. Bill Gates, if you can hear me, this is what we need. (laughs) Okay, we're looking at the wild diesel. It says wild because this is one of the diesels that is native to our area. Teasel is most well known for the fact that it has a giant, nasty, thorny seed head. And it's actually used, there's one called Fuller's Teasel that was used by people that took care of wool and they would use it to, to for carding to get the knots out of it, okay? the teas, This Teasel is used more for medicine because it's the original species. And it is one of the treatments for Lyme disease, if we could guess. Imagine there's a plant in Tennessee that grows for Lyme disease, yes, and this is one of them, but you don't want to grow it right in your garden or near small children because by the time it grows big, it gets nasty thorns. Tell me about the two differences in the primrose here. Okay, we have two major types of primrose. A lot of people have these in their garden because they have these beautiful pink flowers, Okay. They bloom profusely. They're very easy to grow. This is a showy primrose that is native to around the Missouri area in the middle of the country. It does have a small portion of medicine, but the real medicine one is the one that's native here. This is our evening primrose that has the stock with the yellow flowers, flowers that open big too. Well, actually the native species, the flowers are only about that big. Oh, okay. A lot of people get hybrids and they have bigger flowers. The medicine is in the seeds. It has GLA oils, which is gamma linoleic acid. Okay, but it's good for skin conditions like eczema and so on. Oh, wow. And also used internally for PMS but that's an example of one of our natives, easy to grow, used for medicine. You are gonna show us something very interesting about Monarda.
0: Can you show us the difference between the two?
9: Okay, the the Monardas or the bee Mm balms, okay? We have the cultivated ones, the hybrid ones that everybody loves, they have red and purple and pink flowers, and they can grow this tall or this tall. They're very manageable. They cut and come again. They're beautiful. But everybody wants to know why it's called Bee Balm. They do draw some bees, but that's not the big deal. The big deal is, this is the cultivated one, and I want you to smell it or taste it and get it in your mindset what this smells or tastes like, okay? little bit of a smell not, not a whole not lot not strong mint okay this is our wild native bergamot now do the more same peppery thing. i think taste that one this one is can grow seven eight feet tall this definitely more lemony this is what the english brought to the colonies as earl gray tea this is what Earl Grey tea is made from. And you can grow it in your backyard. But the reason it's called Bee Balm, two reasons. One, you may know that everything in the mint family has a square stem. Correct. But if you take this one, put that one down for a moment, and see how easily you can bend the stem. You can tell it's square, but the edges are not very sharp. Now try it with this one. It's almost sharp. Mm-hmm. This can actually be pulled across your skin and pull stingers out when ah. you have been stung. And if you take the flower heads and the leaves of this and crush it and put it on the skin, the swelling will go down. Hence, Bee bomb. Okay. but it doesn't work with the others. But they have prettier colors. That's the two Bee bombs. This one is native, doesn't like full sun, but if you put it somewhere where it's in the part shade, it'll come back year after year, survive whatever weather Tennessee will throw at you. Make your own Earl Grey tea and have emergency bee care too. That is so interesting.
6: This is a plant that is near and dear to
9: my heart. Let's talk about yarrow. We're gonna do a comparison on yarrow, just like we did on some of the others. This white yarrow here is native, you see it on the edges of roads, you see it in hay fields, it's beautiful. This is the wild natural species, it's used for medicine. And it's wonderful for circulation, blood flow, capillary fill for people that get cold hands and feet. And it's Latin name, Achillea, comes from Achilles. And we don't have to go into the Greek legend, but if you crush the leaves, it will stop bleeding on contact it also helps with the small blood vessels and the kidneys and diabetes but then we have yellow yarrow and pink yarrow and red yarrow and calico yarrow all the various colors are beautiful but the problem is when you breed a plant for color you lose something so you can't use the colored ones for medicine this is an interesting one i have never uh...
5: never heard of
9: cherokee sweat mint no uh it is called sweat mint because it was inhaled before you go into the sweat lodge to open up the sinuses similar to the mountain mint we showed earlier you would Mm -hmm. take some of this and inhale it okay this is one of our endangered species it's a picanthemum like the mountain mint was And it is, people do like to grow it. It is not invasive like most mints because it's not strong enough anymore. Where this is one of the ones I'm repropagating for UPS, but because it's still a little bit weak, people like it because they can control it. The mountain mint, you can't control. Correct. But this one you can. When people ask me if medicinal herbs are complicated, I always say, my people did this when all we had was a fire pit in a clay pot. It's not difficult, but I'm glad the the interest is back. And my, my chief goal is to tell people, you can learn to grow your own medicine plants. They're easy to grow. You can make your own medicine and then you'll be in charge of it. You won't have to worry about what company made it in Sri Lanka and who touched it and what happened to it. And I'm getting more and more people again this year saying, I want to learn about medicine. So I've been going to every garden club that asks me to give them a little talk, bring some of my plants, uh, if it's somewhere within 100 miles or so, and uh, just trying to teach them about the plants. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. You certainly have a wealth of knowledge, and you're willing to share
0: your wealth of knowledge. If anybody needs more information on Lisa or Lisa's garden, Lisa's farm, um, please visit volunteergardener.org. That's pretty cool.
2: You gotta learn these things, people. The days, the days are winding up real, real fast.
3: Good morning. In this video, I want to try something different. I want to take you foraging in my backyard. Most people think that harvesting wild edibles is a cumbersome
5: process, one that gets you in your car, forces you to drive.
2: No, we don't want to hear you. <laughs> so, there you go. I'm trying to teach y'all how. Let me show. Sure. You have your plants. You can always go to YouTube, find out the several different plants for healing, which you should have. Um, not really which which you should have. It's like half them plants. I remember seeing on the side of the road, like she said, you see them on the side of the road, when people garden and don't realize it. That's a plant that could be for healing and make tea, and um. I just felt like sharing that with you guys, um, those that have a interest in plants and healing and herbs. This is for you. Okay? All right. This is Dr. D signing out.